Scary Savannah and Beyond, episode number 15. I'm your host, Brett, and with me, as always, is the ever-lovely and ever-delightful Crystal. How have you been this week, Crystal? I've been delightful. Have you also been... Lovely? Lovely? Yes. I certainly know that you have (laughs) been because I'm looking at you right now, just like everybody else, on our inaugural video podcast. Isn't that awesome? using big words today. Oh, yes. I'm using words I don't even have to look up because I know what they mean. Oh, good. Not like last week when I called you inimitable. I think that was a couple weeks ago. Might have been a couple weeks ago. You still haven't recovered from that, right? Have you Googled it yet? No, not at all. I I have not Googled it. So you can find us online. If you go to the website www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, you know, all those good things. If you look up our username at Scary Savannah, The YouTube page, you're going to need to go to our website and link through to it. We really need subscribers, and hopefully when we um, are uploading these videos, it will generate more traffic there so we can get more viewers so you can look at Crystal's beautiful face. (laughs) All you got to do is hit the like sign and subscribe sign. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell. You know what I'm saying? It's easy. So if you are listening to this podcast on your favorite player, We do have some big news for you, like we talked about in our last episode. We've decided to start doing video podcasts. Yay. 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 That is yay. And we think this is going to help us reach a bigger audience uh, because it's going to give us the opportunity to deliver even more content. It's definitely more time consuming, too. Yes, it is. (laughs) uh, This is actually the second pass on this. So we're uh, Yeah, some of the cameras weren't... Working correctly they weren't yesterday. functioning, and I'm hoping and it they was work midnight. Today. So yeah, and we didn't get home till after one, but we still watched the book of Boba Fett last we episode. We did. We got it finished. No spoilers. We're not going to give it away, but I loved uh, it though. I thought it was a pretty good ending. Yeah, you know? I loved it. So this week we will be talking about three more haunted locations in Savannah, right? Yes, but you forgot to mention Patreon. Patreon. How could I forget? We do have a Patreon page. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can find that page at www.patreon.com forward slash Scary Savannah. You can get cool merchandise like the shirt. Like the shirt. Show them the shirt that you're hiding from everybody. Well, it's cold in here. It's cold. I was covered in a blanket. So, (laughs) yeah. And uh, we got it at like 73 degrees in here. It's it's cold. Still a little cool. But um, we certainly don't lack for haunted places. As we said around here. So we've got three more today that we're going to be talking about. And in preparation for this episode, we thought we would go do some field research, right? Yeah. And by field research, we mean fancy dinners. Yeah. Field field (laughs) research includes fancy dinners, staying at expensive hotels, and (laughs) gambling away all the money in Vegas. All of this research is expensive, people. (laughs) So tell me, what did you think about Husk? I loved it. The food was delicious, and the inside of the house had been restored. It was really beautiful. Yeah. It was a pretty fascinating restaurant. I I really liked the look of it, everything about it. Yeah, it's going to be one of the locations we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, but we're not going to tell you which one, because in this episode, we're talking about... Three different Three different addresses. And being the aware person that I am, when we went to Husk and uh, I needed to go use the bathroom, uh, I almost stumbled into the basement. 
And I can only assume that, as most basements in Savannah are, it's filled with skeletons and ghosts. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. When you walk to the bathroom, there are two doors on each side. The both labeled alcove. as bathrooms. Yeah. yeah, they're both labeled as bathrooms. And there's one door in the middle, and it has a sign on it that does say private. Which would lead you to believe you shouldn't enter that room. But the way they put the signs up was a little confusing, and I'm a little slow sometimes. So I shouldn't let you go alone, yeah, I guess. You should have walked me to the bathroom <laughs> you know, and held my hand as we went there. Um, so I saw the door. I saw the one bathroom door on the right and the one bathroom door on the left, and then the one in the middle that said private, but there were bathroom signs right beside it. So I thought, hey, maybe this is for women, and this is for small children. <laughs> And this is for men because it's in the middle, you know? And that makes perfect it just, it's sense. It's perfect logic. And so I opened the door and was greeted with a terrifying stairway to hell. <laughs> I, it was like straight down and to the right. And the stairs there reminded me so much of the stairs that go down to the uh, sacrifice chamber at the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum. Oh, where they had like the pentagram on the floor and yeah. everything. And you know they had <laughs> Did that. you see a pentagram no, on the floor? No, I didn't go that far, okay. but I almost went and I was like, man, this just seems like a lot of walking. And then he tried to get me to go to down go to there. the bathroom. Well, I, I, you didn't believe me. Well, there was a look. waitress that walked by me as I was going to the bathroom. So I was like, no, nah, better just yeah. go in the right door. Yeah, I should have just went down there and found out what the secrets they had were because yeah. you know it's probably all the cool stuff, you know. Yeah, you should have um, tried it. <laughs> the restaurant was very nice, but the reason we went there was not just because it was a restaurant, but because, as we said earlier, we're doing some research, and the building that it is housed in is one of our stories tonight, right? It is, but it's our second story, so you're going to have to wait. Yeah, you're going to have to wait. It's a renovated building, but it does house a dark history, if you believe the stories, and who doesn't want to believe the stories, whether they're true or not. I love the stories. Yeah. And do you want to know what that building really is and what it was called and is famous for? I'm going to tell you in the second story. Well, I'm going to tell you in the second story. Yeah. Uh, you're just going to have to wait a little <laughs> later. And we are going to talk about it because it does have a good bit of history in Savannah. And another bit of interesting information we plan on staying at the Forsyth Park Inn on Valentine's Day, so hopefully we'll get ourselves some interesting experiences there as well. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a spot, get to spot Dottie. Lottie, what's her name? Lottie. Lottie. Come on now. <laughs> You're supposed to be a professional paranormal investigator slash podcaster slash author. Yeah. Uh, and after that, we're going to be taking a ghost tour on Valentine's night. So How romantic. It is very romantic. And That's hopefully, what we do for fun. Yeah. It's a little disturbing, really. I mean, our last romantic give, uh, getaway, we were almost assaulted. Well, not almost. You were assaulted by a ghost. I was. And I was just terrified by one. And it did grab my arm like right here and tugged it. So, you know, that was weird to say the least. So we're going to play you a little clip right now. So I was like, I didn't know anything about it. So I was like looking stuff up. And their big claim to fame is that everything is haunted. So, so when I got there, everywhere you went, you know, they'd be like, oh, just, just, it was a little tidbit. This place is haunted. And, and it was cool when it was like an old mansion or something. Yeah, you'd be sure. like, oh, beautiful old places down there. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, it's haunted. You'd be like, oh, yeah. 
But then everybody was doing it everywhere. So it kind of wore its welcome out. So, you know, you go to like Outback Steakhouse <laughs> and they'd be like, just so you know, this is haunted, you know, like <laughs> Colonel Chicken Fingers was slaughtered here, the Battle of Bloomin' Onion. And you're like, oh, all right, I guess, no, that doesn't work. But <laughs> they just kept... If you hear any knocking by the salad bar, just get out of there. <laughs> just run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that Ubers were like a hearse. It was just weird. It was right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if the Outback in Savannah is haunted. Yeah, I don't think we've eaten there, but we need to to check it out. Yeah, we need out. to go find Let's out. go ask the people running the place. If you only got your own ghost up in there. <laughs> Let me go back in that kitchen and go down to the basement. No, you got one, and I'm sure it's full of skeletons, ghosts, and pentagrams. Everything was built on a grave here. Apparently. Everything. The whole city is a graveyard. I know. And it's true. Everything in Savannah does claim to be haunted. And with that in mind, this episode will be talking about haunted addresses, haunted numbers. Very close. Thanks for playing. You can <laughs> well, get your consolation prize at the door. That's the number is their address. So I am technically correct. Yeah. So we are talking about addresses in Savannah that uh, and these locations are mainly known just by their street addresses. They don't have the names. Like one of them does. The Sorrel Weed House and the Marshall Tucker House, which is not the name of the house. I, I said it that. because it's a band. <laughs> That's not I'm correct. just seeing if you're paying attention. So, and we're going to open up this episode with our first story, which is about 432 Abercorn. So, this house is a place we've never actually been inside and unfortunately will not be able to. And that's because today it's a private residence. So the best you can do is to look at it from the sidewalk or perhaps from the neighboring Calhoun Square. Calhoun Square is one of the only squares in Savannah where the majority of the original buildings remain intact. Over the years, Calhoun Square has witnessed murders, suicides, and disappearances, leaving even more spiritual activity in its wake at this site, right? Typical Savannah. Typical Savannah, yeah. Murders, suicides, <laughs> disappearances, dead bodies. Skeletons, graveyards. Ghosts. Unmarked graves. <laughs> we actually visited Calhoun Square on our last ghost tour and saw 432 Abercorn from across the street. And no shock, it looks haunted, just like everything in Savannah, right? It really does, yeah. especially at night. Our tour guide said the scariest thing she'd ever experienced there, though, was rats in the trees, right? <laughs> rats in trees are really scary. Yeah. So what was it she said happened? Uh, I think she had like a group of frat boys and they were like goofing around and stuff and like running around in the park. Just being a general nuisance. Yeah. And all Drunk. of a sudden, oh, for sure. Yeah. And all of a sudden a rat jumped out of the tree and into one of the guy's shirts or something and like ran down his leg and everything. And they were like freaking out. That's and glorious. like they could not believe that we have rats and trees and like, yes, we have rats and trees. Yeah. You come to Savannah, you come to Tybee and this may be true in other places, but uh, we found out firsthand that rats like to climb around in trees and our dogs go crazy. Our dogs are crazy. Because we were sitting outside one time and we heard some chirping and it sounded like birds. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and then you see the tree branches moving and then you're like, wait a second. That's a rodent. I see <laughs> it's it. It's huge. It's jumping, not a mouse. Jumping from tree to tree. Yeah, jumping. They can jump. But as long now as they're know. outside, that's okay. Yeah. So back to the story. 
Uh, Calhoun Square seems to be ground zero for the curses that many people claim the city of Savannah has suffered, uh, such as the epidemics of yellow fever, the fires, all of the other things that have happened, the wars, you know, the things that have happened here. Many enslaved men and women were unceremoniously buried here. And then the city of Savannah, in their infinite wisdom, named the square after a staunch proponent of slavery. That would be John C. Calhoun. And he served as Secretary of War, Secretary of State, and as Vice President under John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson. It's surprising that they haven't um, renamed it at this point. It seems like they ought to, you know, because if you're going to rename something, you know, this guy was apparently not a good dude, you know. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. It's also not one of the original squares of Savannah. It wasn't even created until 1851, more than a century after the city itself was actually founded. Did you know that? I did know that. I thought you might. You're very <laughs> 1733. savvy. You're very savvy. And around the square, the historic Massey School overlooks the square. So you can see it there. It was Savannah's first free public school and was constructed in 1855 for the education of the poor children of Savannah. Back to 432 Abercorn, however. This foreboding house looms over the square and has been said to affect people just by walking past it. Now, when you walked past it, did you get any kind of hit off of any kind of energy? I didn't, but we didn't really get that close to it. I think we walked over to the sidewalk near it, but uh, I didn't feel anything. But well, who knows? There's so much going on. I know that you felt stuff. You felt stuff at the Zach and stuff. What have you felt the most incident? Well, other than the Marshall House. Definitely the Marshall House. But the next closest thing that we've actually experienced, what would you say you felt the most presence at? Mm, Probably the Foley House. The Foley House? Mm. More so than the Sorrel Weed? Well, yeah, the Sorrel Weed House in the basement, yeah, when we were on that tour. And yeah. I thought there was someone standing there, but there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, both of them, you know, affected you. Now she, maybe we just didn't get close enough for this to yeah, do anything to her. I don't her, think we got close but, enough. But, you know, we, some people say like sitting on the steps and stuff, they feel something, but we can't go on the steps because it's someone's house, someone's it, house now. So it's a private residence. Yeah. yeah I is. think when we moved here, it wasn't though. It was being renovated. So, yeah, cause it sat vacant for yeah, a long time, vacant. didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, little history about the house itself. It was built in 1868 and was constructed for a veteran of the Civil War, General Benjamin J. Wilson. So I need to preface this and say that stories I'm going to be telling you are just that. Stories, we are not claiming that these are the facts. They're most definitely not true. Well, this is my disclaimer. (laughs) But these are the legends you'll hear in the city if you visit the ghost. God, ghost tour guides will tell you about it. Yeah, that's what they're going to tell you. These are the you. stories they're going to tell you. And although they're not true in general, that applies to most of the stories in Savannah, it still gives our history character and just makes it an interesting thing that's going on around here. It brings in a lot of tourists. Obviously, the city of Savannah likes that. And give some sort of explanation for what's going on because there definitely is paranormal oh, yeah. activity going on, oh, it's but definitely. the source of it, we just aren't sure. And the thing is, the stuff here is so old that even if they have these stories that happen, the things that might be causing the stuff that the stories are trying to base themselves on might predate those stories. Yeah, you know? I could. 
it's there's been a lot of death here, and and we're not exaggerating when you say that you're literally walking on the dead pretty everywhere. much anywhere you go in Savannah because it's you know they just buried people everywhere and built over them, mm-hmm. and that's fascinating to me. I know, but wait, you get till, used to it though. Wait till we get to her story. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, like I said, we're not claiming these are facts. They're legends. They're ghost stories. It's just for entertainment purposes only. Although some of these might have a little kernel of truth to them. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So the general and his wife and daughter moved into the house in 1869. Unfortunately, shortly after moving in, Benjamin's wife contracted yellow fever. And, you know, we've talked about yellow fever on previous episodes. It's something the city suffered several times. My um, problem with this story is that it says the house was built in 1869, but yet the yellow fever, um, the yellow fever pandemic epidemic was 1820s. We had more than one. So there was a second one? There was more than one epidemic of yellow fever in Savannah, yeah. Unfortunately, shortly after moving in, Benjamin's wife contracted yellow fever. She perished from the sickness, as did many in Savannah, and left behind the general to raise his daughter alone. Wilson's daughter loved to play with the children who went to Massey School, but her father disapproved of her socializing with them since he didn't consider them to be the right social class. Right. Yeah, since it was a school for the poor, and she clearly was the daughter of a general. So. Yeah, daughter of a general. And this house that they built, uh, what I'd read, if I was right, it cost $20,000 to build at the time. And in today's money, that's in excess of $25,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, at least. I think it might be more like 600000 but I mean, still, that's an amazing amount of money for the time. Yeah, right. it is. Yeah, but... Um, Even though he tried to stop her, she was undeterred by his efforts, and she continued to run across the street to play with the other children. The legend says he punished his daughter by putting her in a chair in a room window and tying her into place. She could see the other children playing outside, and she could do nothing but sit and watch. Terrible. It's like Torture. taking a child's phone away these days. It's the worst. You just can't do <laughs> you worse. You can't than do that. anything worse to them than that. So it's so bad that the neighbors complained about this mistreatment. Apparently, they could see what was going on or heard about it. He, you know, as a thoughtful father, removed the ropes, but ordered her to remain in the chair. Right? Father of the year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. After a few days of sitting in the chair, the little girl died of heat stroke and dehydration since it was summer in Savannah, and we all know how hot it can get, especially without air conditioning. And on top of that, it was supposed to be like one of the hottest summers on record. Oh, really? Supposedly. Yeah, that would have been bad. You know, we use that word a lot, supposedly. 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 So, anyways, she did perish, according to the story, but... She didn't leave. She was still there in the form of a spirit. And it didn't take long for this to affect the good general. Uh, About a week after his daughter died, Wilson grabbed his revolver, sat down in the exact same chair where she had died, and shot himself in the head as he looked through the window. Gnarly. Uplifting. (laughs) Gnarly. We're going Ninja Turtles with this one. Yeah. So let's go ahead and fast forward to 1959. 
I love the 50s. Yeah, the 50s are great. They had the best cars. I know. I wish I was born then, but not really because then I'd be older. But Yeah, you would be older, so it wouldn't be worth it, you know? I know, but I wish I had gotten to live through it without being 70. That's reasonable. When I finish (laughs) the time machine that I'm working on in my spare time, we'll hit 59 first. Okay. A doctor and his family are now occupying the house at 432 Abercorn. They invited some friends from Pompano Beach, Florida to come Pompano. up. Pompano. I never say that right. I know. <laughs> the visiting family included four daughters, ranging in age from four to 12. The adults went out one evening, and when they returned later, they found three of the girls dead. Yikes. You knew this is where that was going, Of right? course. Of course it is. The girls were found on... It gets better. Okay. (laughs) The girls were found sliced open with their organs removed. Okay, that's gross. Their bodies had been twisted into the shape of a triangle, which leads some to believe that the Illuminati committed this murder. Well, if they did, we shouldn't be talking about it because we don't want them on our radar. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. The Illuminati had nothing to do with this, I'm sure. I don't even know what the Illuminati is. I really don't. Yeah. The youngest daughter, age four, was the only one still alive. The sad and senseless triple murder was never solved. I'm guessing she was hiding. She was in the closet, apparently. They should have all hid in the closet. But if it were the Illuminati, they probably wouldn't have killed the fourth girl because you don't need but three to make a triangle, right? Yeah, you only need three. And four is just, you know, unnecessary. And I think it's like a bad luck number in China or something. I, I don't know. I think it means a death. Or maybe that's seven. I don't know. Call us and let us know. In the 1990s, the house was briefly rented out to several college students from the nearby Savannah College of Art and Design. They heard pounding, heavy pacing, crying, and even more mysterious, a lot of giggling. Oh, was it the little girl? I don't know. One of the young men living there went missing and has never been found. Oh, really? His friends wonder if his disappearance is somehow related to the paranormal activity at the house. You know they do. Yeah. Either that he or he ran off to join a cult. Both of those are very plausible. Or he became a truck driver. A SCAD student. Come on, you've seen them. They're not truck driving types. Not typically, no. They're artists. They are they're artists. They're artists. Yeah. They're free thinkers and they do not drive trucks. Okay. They drive mopeds. <laughs> bicycles. <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah. To this day, the murders and disappearances remain unsolved, further shrouding the house at 432 Abercorn in mystery. The house is now, as I said earlier, a private residence, though it still attracts tons of tourists and ghost hunters hoping to catch a glimpse of the paranormal. And I'll tell you this, if you go there, the way Savannah is, it's on Calhoun Square, and every square has a road that goes around it in a loop. And these tour buses that come, well, not tour buses, more like trolleys. Yeah, they're trolleys. They come through, and they'll come and slow to a crawl right in front of the place. And they got a guy sitting in there with like a loudspeaker, and he's like, now here's 432 <laughs> Abercorn, the site of a horrendous murder. I wonder if they still do that now that it's a residence. I don't know. That's interesting. We, we should, should go scope yeah, it out. No, we need to take a trolley tour. We haven't done that in a long time. Or we could set up a tent on their sidewalk <laughs> yes. and just sit there and have a little campfire going. Yeah, and when just they come see out how and many tourists come. Like, we're, just, we're just trying to look out for you. Uh, we're monitoring. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're doing scientific research. Research, <laughs> research for purposes. a very important 
mysterious project that we call a podcast. So, yeah. The owners, as you might expect, aren't particularly well-known and don't appear to like the attention that their house gets. Oh, I wouldn't either. Yeah, because like I said, when we were in the square, everybody walked over to the edge of the square and we're taking pictures of the house. Yeah. And then the, be the lights were on, their curtains were open, they saw it, and they came over and turned the lights off, pulled the curtains <laughs> closed. I think they were just trying to protect us from what lies inside the house. Uh, so some say, and this is interesting, that the house is owned by the young girl who survived the triple murders. That's interesting. Yeah. And others say the house is owned by the leader of the East Coast chapter of the Church of Satan. For real? That's what some say. Who says this? I wonder. Like, they, who, who starts these rumors? They do. They do. You know they do. So why would they have a chapter there? Well, they say he uses the house for satanic rituals, feeding off the dark energy. <laughs> right? Okay. That's, uh, you know, what they say. Yeah, I guess if you're going to do it somewhere. It's, it's I mean, the good, legend is, sense. is that Anton LaVey tried to buy the house for the Church of Satan, but that is something that hasn't been proven and is obviously not true since it's a private residence right now. And he probably could have afforded it. So. I imagine so. I mean, I saw him. What was we see him on Pennyworth? Yeah. Yeah, Anton LaVey. Yeah. Apparently, he's part of Batman's universe, too. <laughs> Who knows? It's apparently they'll just put anybody in a superhero show now. <laughs> Um, the disappearance of the student from SCAD who once lived at 432 Abercorn is said to be evidence of this rumor. Apparently, he was sacrificed for a satanic ritual. Yikes. As you do in a satanic church on the East Coast. Mm. Even rock star Alice, no more Mr. Nice Guy Cooper, has visited the home. And uh, he used to be pretty big. I mean, he was pretty heavy metal. I don't know what he does these days. I I think he plays golf. He's probably going to be like doing Geico commercials soon. Oh, yeah. You know you've really reached the top when you're a Lemu, Emu, yeah. and Doug. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's much truth to any of these stories. As we said, they are legends, uh, but um, it certainly keeps people talking. Yeah, we're still talking about it. Yeah. So I guess the mystery will continue on. Many tourists have captured pictures with what they claim are ghosts in the windows and with all the unrest from the neighboring Calhoun Square, who knows? Just because people say these stories aren't true doesn't mean there's not a spiritual presence. I mean, I don't know if the stories at the Marshall House are all strictly true, but you know. Oh, yeah, there's definitely felt something, something there. going on Something there. oppressed you there yes. and assaulted you. I mean, it, it didn't like physically hurt you. But it definitely made its presence known, yeah. right? So, I definitely couldn't breathe. <laughs> and that's not cool. So <laughs> Were you laughing then? I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it's funny a little bit. <laughs> it was not funny. So if you want to see the inside of the house before its most recent renovation, we found a video on YouTube and we'll post the link so you can uh, view it. I'm assuming it's going to be down here. I don't know. It might be up here, <laughs> over there, or it might not be there at all. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm still learning how to do this. So... Yeah, it's like a two-minute video of a worker walking through the house. It's pretty interesting. You can see all the old um, architecture before they renovated. Yeah. All oh. right. So that's going to bring us to our second story about haunted numbers in Savannah. And I believe Crystal's going to take this one. Yes. Yeah, so for this story, we're going just around the corner from Wright Square. You remember Wright Square? Yep. That was where Alice Riley was supposedly hung. And it was right there by the Sorrel Weed House, right? It is. 
This spooky destination is located at 12 West Oglethorpe, a street named after the founder of Savannah, James Oglethorpe. James Oglethorpe, the man, the myth, the legend. This property has long been a famous stop for tour guides with grisly tales of death and ghosts. In 2006, a ghost tour guide told a reporter from the Houston Chronicle that this one address in Savannah has seen more conversions than Billy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, these were conversions to one of Savannah's true religions. Drinking. (laughs) Belief in the paranormal. Drinking is second. That would be second, I guess. So, like I've come to find out, like your other story, none of these stories are true, Mm -hmm. but... They um, they seem to have taken on a life of their own, so we're going to talk about them. Okay. The building that stands there now features a Savannah brick facade. Savannah gray brick. Savannah gray brick. Yeah. And it has a circular porch with the words 12 West Oglethorpe spelled out across it. Right across it. It is pretty scary in a way, really. You see it at night. Yeah. It's just like, it reminds me of the haunted mansion at Disney World. I've never been. Well, I did when I was much, much younger, probably younger than most of the people listening to this. But yeah. It, yeah, because you were 10. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I don't think we got 10-year-olds okay, listening. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So um, this is currently the home of that restaurant we were talking about earlier, Husk. But um, they didn't take the 12 West Oglethorpe address off the front, I'm which I'm glad. Because yeah. yeah. so, like when we moved here, it was still vacant. Yeah. And we saw that many times and we're like, I wonder what that is. And then in 2018, it became a restaurant. Yeah. And I still couldn't find it without Google Maps. And it's literally I right on Oglethorpe. Yeah. I was like, it's right there. I was about to drive by it. You know, oh, there it is. You know, I was trying to find a parking and spot. There's a parking spot right in front. Yeah. So before 2018, it had sat vacant since 1985. And this only led to its mystique. Weren't you in kindergarten at the time? I was in kindergarten. You were Mm. paying attention. Sometimes. (laughs) This particular house was believed to be constructed around 1898. 1800s is big time for the city of Savannah and haunted mansions. (laughs) Before that, another house stood on the property that belonged to the Gordon family. Remember Juliet Gordon Lowe? I remember Thin Mints. (laughs) We don't (laughs) eat Girl Scout cookies anymore. I remember Thin Mints. You remember them fondly. Apparently, she spent part of her childhood here before her family built their other home, which is located at 10 West Oglethorpe. So just two houses down. Yeah. And it's a much uh, lighter presence feeling there. I don't know. When we went to the 12 West Oglethorpe, it sort of, uh, even just being there, felt a little bit darker to me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they had the happy ghosts of her mom and dad, remember? Yeah. I do remember that story yeah. where he showed up and they, they left. Outside and uh, yes, called a I don't taxi, think, and <laughs> I don't think they had any like real tragic things happen in that house, which is amazing for well, Savannah. Good for them. I mean, that doesn't carry over to pretty much any uh-uh. other story we talk about. So, before construction began on this property, it had been the site of the city's first Jewish burial ground. Very interesting. And although a cemetery was later established outside the city, the bodies were left there. So, likely there are hundreds, if not thousands, of bodies buried under this house. So you're telling me that we ate dinner over 1,500 unmarked graves Give or in take. a haunted mansion built in the 1800s in the city of Savannah. As you know, the That's most every haunted Wednesday. <laughs> city in America. So during the Maybe time. Maybe that's why the oysters tasted extra salty. They were haunted. They were. 
So during the time the house sat abandoned, several ghost stories began to circulate. The favorite of locals and tour guides alike is the tale of a doctor who lived in the house in the 1820s during the yellow fever epidemic that devastated the population of Savannah. The story goes that the doctor, who some sources give the name Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Not the one from Doc Back Brown. to the Future. Emmett Brown. Doc <laughs> Emmett. He didn't have a first name in the story. gigawatts. Emmett Brown. He only has a last name in the story. Well, his name was Emmett. <laughs> so he was treating patients with yellow fever, and he either brought the patients into his home or inadvertently carried the disease home with him after treating them. Well, this is what they say. Yeah. One by one, the doctor's children became sick. Their skin yellowed and their fever spiked, and he could do nothing to save them. His wife also succumbed to the disease shortly thereafter. The doctor found himself grief-stricken and depressed. He stopped treating his patients and spent his time walking through the large, empty house with no more purpose in life. One day, he made the decision that he wanted to suffer the way his family had. He went up to his youngest child's room and locked himself in. He refused food and water and slowly starved to death. Starved to death. I thought he would dehydrate first. Don't you die of that first? It depends. Oh, really? I don't know if they did like a an autopsy and determined if it was starvation. But How could you be so sure? I didn't look up the medical records. Sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll check on well, that. Well, if our dog's any indication of how important water is, you need to drink five to 10 gallons a day of water. Definitely. At least that's what she does. <laughs> what she does. She drinks like there ain't no tomorrow. So we now know that yellow fever isn't transmitted from person to person, so he couldn't possibly have brought it home. It's uh, actually transmitted by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. And we have a lot of and those here. And we live in here. the south. And there's a lot of water around us. And it's hot all the time. They spray for them on Tybee, though, because we hardly yeah. ever see them. And they hate it because there's a beehive oh, yeah. on Tybee. And every time the city or the county, I guess, flies over, they bring these biplanes or whatever they are and just like spray mosquito yeah. insecticide. I don't and think they warn kill, us either. And all it does is kill all the bees. It doesn't seem to kill the mosquitoes because they're still there. I don't see me. But if you go down to the beach, the wind blows them away. Yeah. Just like the sand gnats. You ever come to Savannah and you come around April-ish, there's like one or two weeks on Tybee where the sand gnats are the most horrible things ever. I'd rather get stung by a bee than be attacked by sand Yeah, luckily gnats. it only happens like twice a year. Because you can like hardly one or two see days. them. You can't even see them, but then you'll sit there and it'll hurt all of a sudden. You look down and they draw blood. Yeah, they do. That's crazy. So there's a local tour guide and author whose name is James Caskey, and he went to look up any records he could find, and he was unable to find any reference to a doctor living on this site or anywhere in this area named Brown. That sounds about right. They must have succeeded in changing the past. (laughs) So while this story isn't true, that doesn't discount the paranormal activity here. During the time the house sat abandoned, people reported seeing a figure, presumably the doctor's, standing in the second floor window. Did he have frizzy white hair and wear a lab coat? He absolutely did. That's what I would have expected. And what's weird about this is at the time, the second floor had caved in, so a real person couldn't possibly have been standing on the second level. So you've seen Back to the Future 2, right? I have. Do you remember the hoverboard? I do. doesn't need ground under it to float. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. It's, that, it's a plausible that's, explanation. Yeah, totally plausible. It's as likely as what they say actually happened. It's as likely as a ghost. I much more believe that there's a ghost than a hoverboard. Well, I don't want to say that because the last time I... 
antagonized a ghost that we ended up being assaulted by them. So it's like, it was totally a ghost. Emmett Brown was a ghost and he's there and he's overlooking my food when I go get it prepared. So I don't want anything wrong with my orange tile fish. (laughs) So in 2009, some pranksters started a dumpster fire behind 12 West of Goldthorpe. Now you're talking about my people. <laughs> now, you, now you're getting down to the nitty gritty. So firefighters conducted a walkthrough of the house to make sure there wasn't any structural damage. Mm-hmm. And one of the firefighters entered the room where the doctor had locked himself in. And he yelled and ran out of the house and locked himself in the fire engine. And he would not tell his colleagues what he saw. Uh, so most likely have. he encountered the ghost of Doc Brown. Or perhaps it was the ghost of Anton LaVey. And he said, this is the East East Coast chapter of the Church of Satan. Surely there's not more than one <laughs> Church of Satan in the city of Savannah. Well, just wait. Mm. So tourists who get too close to the house report feeling symptoms of the yellow fever. Those who are specially sensitive report that their body temperature rises. Okay. And they feel uneasy if they approach the home. As soon as they move away from the home, their symptoms subside. I'm feeling like I got yellow fever right now. Your fever's spiking? Yeah. Feeling a little hot. (laughs) Are you feeling uneasy? A little uneasy, actually. It might be that skull behind you. It's making you uneasy. I'll see the cat. (laughs) You don't see the skull? Yeah, I see the skull. (laughs) I don't know what that's doing here, but... It's our podcast studio. We can have anything we want. It makes sense. So paranormal experts and historians have searched the house looking for clues and trying to find out if they're actually ghosts. And they haven't revealed any new information about the former tenants of the house, but they have had plenty of paranormal experiences. Okay. One investigator had his camera power down right when he was about to take a picture of a three-dimensional shadow person walking right in front of him. I know what they look like because I saw one of those in room, was it 212? No, it's 414. 414 at the Marshall House. I saw a shadow figure walk right from the corner of the room to the other side of the room. And I bet if you had taken a picture, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. The camera, that's why the camera Our cameras would not that's work That's why it that would night. not work. Yeah. It's because it knew it was coming. It's we like, got to figure out a camera like, situation for the Forsyth Park. It's like, look at, these, look at these noobs. They're going to come <laughs> in here and act like they're going to video me. No I'll way. tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to suffocate that girl, and then I'm going to yank on this one's arm. <laughs> so... This guy also heard a disembodied voice calling his name from another room. He believed it to be the voice of one of his colleagues, so he followed the voice into an empty room. Always a good idea. His colleague was not there. Mm. I've actually had this happen to me before. Mm, yes, you did. You recall, it's been many years ago. Yes. Uh, our son, who's going to be 24, was a baby. Okay, so we went to stay at your parents' house because they went on vacation, and yes. we wanted to stay in a house with air conditioning, so it yes, worked out for everyone. we didn't have an air conditioner. We had a window unit, and it didn't do anything to the southern heat, right? Right. So um, you fell asleep, and I was still awake in bed watching a show. Do you yeah. remember? I remember it vividly. You remember what we were watching? Yeah, it was like Practical Jokers or something, right? That wasn't even around back then. Okay. It was. That a, tells. It was one of those like Discovery Channel shows about Komodo dragons. Ah, uh, yes. Fascinating. Good old Steve Irwin. No, it wasn't Steve Irwin. Ah, uh, well, he was a good guy. He was. But anyway, I was laying there and you were asleep. The baby was asleep. And all of a sudden, I heard my mom call my name. Oh, no. And you heard. Crystal. Yeah, my mom has a very specific way of saying my name. It's like Crystal. Did we get it right, Kay? 
I, I, it's just so hard to replicate. Like she yeah. doesn't say crystal. 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 I can't do it. It's Southern. It's cute. So anyway, I heard it. So it didn't really like make me feel weird at first because it was familiar to me. But then I realized, wait, my mom is not here. So why would she be calling my name? That is a great question. And I don't even think we had a cell phone at the time. Uh, it was before we had a cell phone. Remember we had a community yeah, cell phone. Yeah, we shared phone. one like for a little tiny one. singular phone. I'm not even time. sure why we needed it. I guess I took it <laughs> to work when you went to work. So I could call you. So if your car broke down. Yeah, which it did. It did. <laughs> a lot. So... So I thought, well, maybe she called and left a message on the answer machine, like, you know, because we had answer machines. Yeah, answer machines were still a thing. They were still a thing. I bet most people don't even know what that is. It's before voicemail. Yeah. So, you know, after a few minutes, I realized, wait, this doesn't make any sense. And I woke you up. You were completely like, you know, zoned out. Yeah. And I was like, how could someone be saying my name? We're the only people here. And like, I don't know. It just freaked me out. I was probably like, it's just a Komodo dragon. Yeah, so that that's weird. That does seem to happen to people a lot. Yeah, and it seems like you are a big focus for some kind of energy. So apparently, apparently Lottie's probably going to show up and be playing cards at, well, at the least foot of she, our bed. At least does she she's a nice ghost. Feet? I think so. She's the one that that's obsessed with guys. No, I think that's the one at seventeen hundred ninety. I think that's yeah, Anna. we're going to have to stay in that room. Oh yeah, for sure. So back to um, twelve West Oglethorpe. Uh, they report all the time that phones, cameras, and recording equipment always die whenever it's a critical moment when they're trying to record or video or get the proof take a picture. to get on TV. Yeah, these uh, ghosts do not want you documenting their existence. No, they don't. They don't want you around either, we found. Some even report when they go to the basement to do temperature readings that the results are 66.6 degrees. Uh, is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? It better be Fahrenheit. You know, if it was Kelvin, it'd kill you. Well, they're still alive, so I don't think it was. Okay. Scientifically speaking, of course. Speaking of 66.6, another story states that 12 West Oglethorpe once operated as a church. Well, we got a lot of those in Savannah, right? Yeah, but it was reportedly the Church of Satan. Of course it was. So they did have a chapter at 432 <laughs> and 12 West. So, so we got 432 Abercorn Church of Satan. And, and if you're into the more lively contemporary music, then you can go to 12 West. Yeah, this Oklahoma. one starts late this, for you people that for, like to sleep late. This one's for the traditional Call Satan worshipers. <laughs> and this one over here is for like the younger crowd of Satan worshipers. We got a lot more electric guitar in it. <laughs> so details of satanic rituals and animal sacrifices were said to have regularly occur in the house. Okay, yeah. Detailed reports, huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder where these reports came from. Was it also It's they. they? Yeah, they They say that. Okay, so another story is a young couple moved into this house on Oglethorpe, and they ignored all the warnings from their friends and family I about how, how, how the house was cursed. Have you seen our artwork? It's basically Savannah, and the first thing you should think when you see a place Don't like move this in is, here. hey, <laughs> I'm going to move in here with my young baby. Don't you see the guy up in the window up at the top? I told my daughter to put that there. It's terrifying. (laughs) So they were even told about the gruesome, infamous legend of the doctor and his family, but they were undeterred and they decided to move in anyway. Mm -hmm. How'd that go for them? Well, they thought it was going to be the perfect home for their growing family. How every horror movie starts. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this was not to be the case. Young couple had just had a baby before they moved in, and prior to the move, the baby was seemingly healthy. 
But once they moved in, that all changed. Oh, no. The baby developed jaundice, or so they thought. That, like, yellow fever? Well, they both turned yellow, so. Okay, so it's I think jaundice is, you know, treatable, though, and yellow fever is not so much. Uh, Yeah. But the baby developed a fever and yellowing of the skin, and they could not get it under control. It just intensified, and one evening, the baby died. Well, that's sad. Yeah. So the mother blamed herself, and she began to believe the rumors that the house was cursed. I could see that. Because before they moved in, the baby was perfectly healthy. And much like the doctor, she was overcome with grief and could not bear to continue living. It's been said that she returned to the house late one night by herself before her husband got home. And her whole family was wondering where she was, and they searched all over Savannah. And the last place to come to mind was the Oglethorpe house because they didn't think she would want to return there yeah. because of all that happened there. But her husband decided to search the house anyway. He entered and checked room to room. One after another, he found nothing. But when he went into the nursery, he found his wife hanging by a rope. Oh, no. Yeah. So nothing but tragedy here. Yep, I mean, nothing but uplifting stories. We commit to bringing you the happiness of the ghost stories. So to make this legend even more eerie, some people believe this is the same room that the doctor died in. Doc Emmett Brown? Yes. I believe it. But like the doctors tell, there's no evidence of the story ever happening. Oh, no. Just another example of what horrifying stories are told about the haunted house at 12 West Oglethorpe. Ooh, spooky. Like I said, in 2018, it became a restaurant called Husk, and it is a outpost of the Charleston restaurant, Husk. Yeah. They have award-winning chefs, and it's really a nice place. They like to take historic homes and, you know, fix them up and renovate, renovate them, them. keep the classic appearance yeah. and stock. Instead of the having them torn down. They may not be. They looked original they to did. me in the molding I pointed out. I didn't know what it was called. I said, hey, look at that thing over the door. <laughs> She's like, you mean the molding? Yes. I was like, yes, I mean the molding. The molding. I yeah, a lot of it looked in. like authentic, you know, but yeah, it was definitely updated. So we, like we said, we actually ate there yeah. earlier this week to see if, in fact, it is still haunted. And we talked to the waiter and this is what he told us. I think his name was Joe. It was Joe. But I'm going to play a little clip for you right now. So how long have you worked here? I've been here a little over two years now. Two years. Two years in I know this place had a history of supposedly being haunted. You ever had any experiences here? I never had. No one that's worked here ever has. But there's been, you know, some weird things with fires or tinnitus or something like that. Oh, yeah? Uh, the builders said that there was some odd stuff that happened when they were building it out. But as soon as they finished that porch out there, made the house whole again, it stopped. So that was a weird thing. That is, that's pretty weird. No, no one's ever had any experiences with All right. Thank you. It seems like the ghost was happy with the renovations. He just wanted his porch finished, his wraparound yeah. porch, so he can sit out and watch the tourists. He's going to get out there with his old sweet tea or his mint julep, and he's going to hang around and talk about the good old days back when he used to hang out on the porch of the Marshall House when he figured out how to crawl out through the window, and he <laughs> hung out with the ghost and such that they all gather and congregate together. So our last story is about 9 Drayton Street. Currently, it is the home of a restaurant called the Fitzroy. I've never heard of 9 Drayton Street. Currently, it is the home of a restaurant called the Fitzroy. But like everything else in Savannah, it has a sordid past. Okay. Originally built in 1853 by a wealthy cotton merchant named George Anderson, its main attraction is a massive mahogany bar 
with alabaster columns, shiny gold fixtures, and a large alabaster rim that stretches from one end of the bar to the other. I know how big a fan of alabaster you personally are. I am. It's gorgeous. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm assuming the bar is still there. We'll have to check this out and let y'all know for sure. Sounds like another expensive trip. Yes, another expensive dinner. I've tried to get a reservation, but they don't have anything open until next week. But we will. We will. Bell. We will. So the story I read about this location was written in 2011 when the building was the home of another bar called Isaac's on Drayton. And the bar seemed to still be there at that point from the pictures that I could find. It looks like a mahogany bar with a white rim. So I'm assuming that was the original. Yeah. So I don't know if it's still there, but it should be because it sounds amazing. That would be a neat thing to go check out. The bar itself was built in the early 1700s in England and was shipped to New York in several pieces. It even wound up in Grand Central Station. Nice. Yeah. Fancy. So one day, George W. Anderson, who was a major in the Confederate Army and commander of Fort McAllister, he found himself at this bar in New York having a drink. As you do. And he decided he was going to buy it and that it would be the perfect centerpiece for his new business on Drayton Street. Ah. He and his wife were going to live upstairs and the bar would be the place for the locals to come and watch boxing in action. Boxing? Yes. Fisticuffs? He, he installed a boxing ring in Pugilism. the corner of the bar. There was fighting being Wouldn't had. Wouldn't that be cool? Like just walking to the bar and over in the corner, they got a boxing ring. Yeah, I could totally see that. That could happen, happen on Tybee, on Tybee for Tybee, sure. You'd walk in and be like on one side, you'd have a band playing open mic night. On the other side, you got yeah, your karaoke. locals and karaoke and a pool table over here. And then there's like two guys just beating a little bit <laughs> of each other in the other corner. Well, that does happen actually. It does happen. It's not it's regulated. Just not, yeah, it's just not a, in a, it's not in a ring. Typically the person gets thrown out. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that have been thrown out of bars on Tybee and they just go to the next bar yeah. down. And then about six months it just sort yeah, of recycles because everybody forgets that they got tossed out by the bouncers <laughs> you know it's just a thing that's a thing know? it's a tiny thing so yes he has a boxing ring in the corner of the bar and so he had this big mahogany bar shipped in from new york in large crates yeah so when they began to open the crates they were in for a shock okay did a ghost jump out no it was worse Okay. Among the pieces was a British stowaway named Bud Brute Bailey. Did he pronounce his name as he came out of the box? (laughs) It's me, Bud Bud Brute Bailey. That's not an English accent, though. Do do a British accent. (laughs) It's me, mate. (laughs) That's that's Australian. You're doing James O'Halloran from Price is Right. Good day, Drew. (laughs) Good day, audience. (laughs) I give up. You can Sorry. do, you can okay. do British. One more, one more shot. Bloody hell. <laughs> Just do it. It's me, Bud Brute Bailey. <laughs> now I sound like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I'm sorry I let everybody down, including myself. You should have rehearsed that more. I didn't know I was going to say it. I didn't either. <laughs> okay. So this Bud Brute Bailey had been working on the docks in New York, and he decided to pack himself in the crates and take a trip to Savannah. All right, boys, I'm getting in the crates. Y'all coming with me? It's not the weirdest thing that's happened It's not even like the weirdest thing that's happened this week. No. He was weak and stiff from the journey, and Anderson took him in and let him recuperate upstairs. Once he recovered, he became a fixture at the bar. He was loud and obnoxious and perpetually drunk. So he fit right in. Yep. One night, a well-dressed man who was said to be a pillar of the community stopped in for a drink after work. His name was Jack O'Dwyer. 
He made the mistake of sitting next to Bud Brute Bailey, who was already drunk and belligerent. Do you think that maybe Bud Brute Bailey actually had like a, a t-shirt on it that had his name on it? Absolutely. I mean, it would be like, it'd just be like, it'd just say Brute. Yeah, it, like, it said Brute. Hey, I'm Bud. And they're like, hey, Brute, how are you doing? <laughs> you doing good? You want your regular? He said, yeah, I want all of it. <laughs> so Bud Brute Bailey starts making fun of Jack, telling him his glasses make him look like a fool. And his arms are too skinny. He said, good day. <laughs> He's not Australian. They all sound the same to me. When it's an Australian actor and an English actor, it's like they say the same words. And I can tell you, this is for you at home. If you ever want to find out if an actor on any movie, because they're all not American, all these cool actors are from England or Australia or whatever, wait till they say the word anything. They, they, say they can't say the word anything. No matter how well they've trained and they have the American accent, they can't do it. Watch Sons of Anarchy. Jacks can't. His name is Jack. Yeah. Right? Jacks cannot say that word right. He can't say any anything. He's like he Australian, says, and he, he says anything. He's Australian, he? right? And he also can't say Tara correctly. He says Tara or something. Tara. Tara. Oh wait, no. Now I'm going. <laughs> now you're going Irish. Irish. I, I'll get English eventually. I was like. Going back to Bud Brute Bailey here, yeah, he's making fun of Jack, and he says to him, you know, his glasses make him look like a fool, your mm -hmm. arms are skinny boy, yeah, all this skinny stuff. Skinny boy, a little weakling. Yeah, so Jack says, why don't you mind your business, sir? But Bailey didn't take kindly to being called sir. That is a slight. It is quite offensive. He wanted to be called Brute. So Brute challenged Mr. O'Dwyer to a fight. With a little liquid courage, Jack decided to take the challenge. This was his second mistake. Uh-huh. Some say the fight lasted for three hours, which oh. I find hard to believe. Because I don't. who has that kind of energy? You're looking at him right here. <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep driving home, yeah. but look at me right here. I could last three hours in a fight. Oh, yeah. So eventually. And I'll be driving, too, so that's even worse. So eventually, Bud Bailey became enraged and beat Jack O'Dwyer in the head relentlessly until he was dead on the floor. Mm. The crowd was shocked and appalled by this. I'm wondering where the police were. They were drinking. <laughs> you think they wouldn't have Everybody stepped in? Everybody was drinking. No, I'll tell you, it's a three-hour fight. Okay? Oh, okay. They just All right, now, this is what happened. It's a three-hour fight. About an hour and a half into the fight, everybody lost interest. They all wandered off, got their drinks refreshed. They're around talking. These guys are still beating each other up in the in the room. And, um, you know, nobody pays any attention to a fight after an hour and a half. I mean, really, you know, I've watched some UFC fights that last for 15 seconds, and I'm bored in second six. So, <laughs> so once he was dead, several men carried Jack's body out of the bar and down to the funeral home that was just down the street. Just right on down the street. Yeah, just can chuck you him just in the see this? Did, did like, they have like a shoot on there that probably, they just throw just bodies like, into? Put a little tag on there with a name. Okay, either this is a suicide or a murder <laughs> or natural causes. And you just, just pick whichever shoot yeah, you threw it Yeah, just check a in box. Because it's all that happened in the 1800s here. The patrons of the bar were not happy with this whole situation and decided to take matters into their own hands. While Brute Bailey sat himself back at the bar, continuing to drink, even as the blood dripped from his injuries onto the alabaster rim of the bar. There's that word again. Mm -hmm. They say like uh, you can see a pinkish tint to the alabaster from the blood. Ooh, it doesn't go away? It doesn't. Like it just appears or it's always I think there. it appears. Ah, 
that makes it far more mysterious. So while he was sitting there, the other men quietly prepared a noose because you know you just have rope laying around in bars. Well, how are you going to do a hanging if you ain't got no rope? You always got to be prepared. Always. We got these big trees out here and they ain't no good for hanging if you ain't got rope. So they snuck up behind him and wrapped the rope around his neck and hung him from the rafters. Once he was dead, they wrapped his body in thick blankets and buried him in the cellar. Yeah. They cleaned up all the blood and went about their business like nothing ever happened. Just like Savannah in the 1800s, apparently. Well, they said he wasn't an honorable man, so he didn't deserve an honorable burial. So yeah, sounds reasonable. Yeah, so they just buried him in the cellar. Yeah. So since then, people report that they always feel like someone is in the bar with them, even if they're alone. There's a single tea light candle on the first dining table that won't go out. And if it does, it'll be lit the next morning when the manager comes in. Mm, sounds, sounds like a fire hazard, don't it? It does. Like, you wonder how all these fires start. Don't leave your candles on. Get them battery-operated candles, right? You said those aren't romantic. They're not romantic. And I'm the <laughs> specialist in what is not romantic. <laughs> so you're an expert on that. I'm an expert on not romantic. On what is not romantic. Yes. So. Whatever comes to mind for me naturally <laughs> is a horrible dumpster fire. <laughs> so the doors at the back of the mahogany bar will never stay closed. These were the doors that were used to conceal brute, I guess, that goes down to the cellar. Were the ghosts and the goblins and the pentagrams and the east, east, east coast chapter of the Church of Satan is. <laughs> so items fall off the shelves in the walk-in cooler and some people see orbs floating over the bar. Yeah, I see orbs all the time. Oh, those are floaters. Yeah, I have <laughs> awful eyes, I guess. Some people even say that when they're walking by the building at night, they see a bloody body swinging from the rafters towards the back of the room. That seems a little bit much. We got to walk by there Monday yeah, night. Just stagger by. Yeah. Some even hear moans coming from the cellar. I bet they do. It's a man dying. I bet it is. <laughs> they have a high turnover rate for bartenders because they always feel like there's a presence with them, like someone's breathing down their neck. Yeah. The owners of Isaac's had the body excavated. So someone was definitely buried in that cellar. Oh, creepy. Yeah, so that was real. Like, we don't know if it's him. Nah, it but if him. it was, his spirit didn't leave because the haunting still continued. Uh-huh. But like I said, these days it's under new ownership and is a bar slash restaurant called the Fitzroy. And we don't know if it's still haunted, but we will be checking it out and we'll report back what we find. Yes, we will, because we commit to go spending lots of money to eat nice food and stay in nice hotels. Yes, it's a join burden. Patreon, please. It's a burden <laughs> that we carry for you. <laughs> I guess that brings us to the portion of our episode where we talk about coffee and Layla in a segment that I like to call Layla and Coffee Talk. Uh, you said it correctly. I did that intentionally. I know you did. So this week, coffee who has never once eaten any of Brett's hats, and he has a plethora of hats. I had a plethora of hats. I now currently, due to Coffee's actions, have, I had exactly enough hats to qualify as a, plethora. as a plethora. Now, would you say it's a plethora? I would say it's a plethora. I would not say it's a plethora because I am one hat down, which makes it just a massive collection of hats, not a true plethora. Well, we'll have to remedy that. I only Valentine's have like Day is coming now. up, so I only have like two hundred now, so I don't know how in the world I'm going to be able to manage. <laughs> so, like, 
she's never eaten any of his hats. And I had literally just the day before said that I was like, I can't believe she hasn't gotten a hold of even one of your hats. I know. And then like, I think what it is, is it's Layla because she's so smart. I think she understands the English language more than we give her credit for. And I think she heard us talking about this and she decided to tear up the hat and frame coffee for it because she never tears up anything. Yeah. Even once. And because she hates coffee and wants her to get, he wants us to get I rid of her. I want this dog gone. Yeah. She's always like, necessary. yeah, she doesn't like her most of the time. So I think it was Layla framing coffee. Sounds reasonable. Speaking of Layla, I did finally get her DNA testing completed. I've it was not you, easy. She's an American pit bull terrier. Pit bull terrier. With 10% Guernsey cow. Well, we're going to find out if she's got any cow. I'm sure there's some cow in cow her. Cow DNA. And it might be like a little bit of like antelope. Too. Antelope. She's just got little, long legs. Just a little. Yeah. So it was not as easy as I thought. She did not want me swabbing her cheeks. No. No, she didn't. No. So I got that done and I'll get it mailed off and we'll find out the results and update you on what type of dog Layla actually is. And I'm going to order a kit for coffee and we'll find out what kind of rodent she is. She's pure tea mutt. That's what it'll say on the DNA. <laughs> yeah, she's pure just a mutt. tea mutt is what it'll say. 100%. For sure. Well, 2% of it is bites because she's made up of Oh, yeah. Bites. She loves like morning. In the morning, she has lots of bites and a zoomies. Lot of zoomies. Zoomies. Yeah. She's got to run from like one room in the, one side of the room to the other, yeah. jumping all over you, pouncing, biting everything, but not biting where it hurts, just biting. She's just like, so happy yeah, to be alive. Yeah, she's so happy to be alive yeah. in the mornings. She's which, not like her older the complete sister. complete opposite of basically me. basically just like, bleh, and yeah. she just claps. Yeah. She doesn't turn around in circles like a normal dog does no. when she sits down. She literally... Gets to where she wants to be, and she's just like... Collapse, yeah. Just falls down. So we've decided to add a new segment called What We're Watching. We thought that y'all might like to know what we watch in our downtime, usually crappy horror movies. And this week, we watched one on Shudder, and it was called... It was called Psycho Gorman, and it was probably one of the greatest movies of our time. It's exactly what you would expect from a horror movie If I had written it. If yes, I had, if written, you had it. written it. Yeah. Because, you know, Shudder's got actually some pretty good stuff mm-hmm. on it. Like, I like the Creep Show. Oh, I love Creep Show. Shows that come on. They're really cheesy and corny, too, but it's funny. Yeah. And the Psycho Gore Man, oh, it's great. So, the plot of the movie. I'm going to tell oh, you about it. I had a plot? It. I missed yeah, that. Yeah, let me give you the plot. Picture it. Sicily. 1912. It, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. But uh, Psycho Gorman is apparently like a demonic monster that uh, was bent on destroying the universe. And he was restrained or his people were enslaved by this other race of creatures that looked like you know, transformer angels or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. It makes perfect sense when you see it. And they... Lock him away because he he got this jewel that allowed him basically like Thanos to be. They really could have just killed him, but instead they imprisoned him. And it wouldn't be a movie, Crystal. Yes, I know. So then they cast him away and lock him up in the farthest reaches of the universe. And as we all know, the farthest reaches of the universe is the planet Earth. And they put him in this burial vault where the gem was protected by a password that you had to enter on this keypad. And of course, this little eight year old girl or however old she was. Finds it and just she's like eeny meeny miny mo. And it opens up and she gets the jewel and Psycho Gorman is freed. But whoever possesses this jewel is able to control him and he has to do what they say. 
And it's amazing. Kay comes out and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I will bathe in your blood. <laughs> and she's like, no, you won't. No, we're going to play this game. Yeah. It <laughs> and it was hilarious. And um, I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because there's no way you're watching it. But You I should just, watch it. We got uh, He followed us on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. You should watch it. Psycho Gorman followed me on Twitter. The man, the beast, the legend, the myth. <laughs> I hope he enjoys this review because I truly did like that movie. You did. I didn't even joke. You thought it was the best ending you've ever seen. I was laughing. I'm not going to give away actually the ending, but I will tell you at the end of the movie where they always have that moment where you're like having this, oh, it's a heartfelt kind of moment. You feel like there's been character development and everything. Yeah, everyone's grown. Everyone's grown. Everyone's learned a little something along the way. (laughs) <laughs> and then he's like now i must continue to destroy the universe <laughs> oh it was it was it brought a tear to my eye i'm not gonna lie about it it's bringing a tear to my eye right now so you you mentioned you wanted to do some ratings on these right oh yes so, so what's our skill our skill is dog treats. oh dog treats so, so from one to twelve one to twelve so on this movie i give it a 10.5 out of 12 potential dog treats. And the only reason that I didn't give it 12 full dog treats is because Coffee and Layla ate them before I were able to put them into my review. Well, if it was true, Layla would have eaten all of them. Well, it's all that she got before I found before them. you grabbed them. The off. review. You know, she okay. ate most of the review. Okay. Just like the way Coffee ate my hat. I would have rated it more like 7.5. Well, it's a good oh, thing that you're not a connoisseur of I, fine. I just don't have. I have your movies. sense of humor to an extent, but it stops at some point. Oh, this and movie yours just stop. yours just goes on and this on movie and falls did not off the stop. cliff. It was and so. Oh, it was so glorious. Go watch it. It's so bad, but in such a good way. I love yeah, it. And we're going to be watching a new horror movie every week. Yeah, and, and we're going to be talking about it. We, I think we just found one when uh, Shutter Shutter is going to be our new best friend. Shutter, you should sponsor yeah. us. Come on, we're Shutter. We're going to review your amazing movies because I've really enjoyed Shutter so far. I have. Yeah. So I guess that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. You can find us online at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on all social media. I'm not even going to name them all off. Just go there, look for the user at Scary Savannah. Please go subscribe to our YouTube page. You can go to our website, which I just mentioned, and there is a link for YouTube. Go there. Please subscribe. Please like the videos. If you enjoy this live podcast that we're doing, sort of live video podcast, uh, please, um, you know, leave us a comment, you know, and uh, and share because we're, we're going to, Word of mouth is huge. Yeah, we're, we're just gauging to see if you guys enjoy this. I mean, we're, we're having a good time doing it. It's a little bit more stress, but see if people enjoy seeing her beautiful face. <laughs> I know no one wants to look at me, but it's... Uh, I think the whole show should just focus on me. Like you I'm know, just going to start like, just... wearing disguises every time <laughs> we come here. Like, I'll come in. Do you remember when I did a podcast here with uh, the other yeah. people who use the studio? Yeah. And they had me and another guy come in as musical guests. Yeah. But every single... We come in on special holiday episodes. Yeah. And we would be this band. It's just a duo. But every time... <laughs> I'd have my bass and he'd have his guitar and, you know, he would sing... And we come in and like every single episode we come in, we had like broken up, but re- <laughs> yeah. rebranded. What I, was the name of your I band? I think we were like Fire Escape and one. Fire Hazard. Yeah, Fire Hazard. And then I think one time we were just Beef Stick. 
bigger <laughs> stick. <laughs> uh, I should bring that man back. So, you know, that's going to be great. If you want to give us a call and leave a voicemail or send a text, because we can get both, our phone number is 912-406-2899. Once again, that's 912-406-2899. I don't know. There you don't might, know where the numbers are going to be. There might be a number yeah. on the screen. There might not even be a number. I don't know. I'm still wondering how this works. I'll see if I can do a little cool special effect right here. You can also send us messages through Facebook or Instagram. That's yeah. how we've gotten some uh, fan updates. Facebook Messenger is great. And if you send us any updates or you send anything to us, we'll be happy to call you out on the air. If you leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the air if you want. If you would prefer not to be named, but you had some information you'd like us to share, then we can do that as as well. And don't forget about our Patreon. And our Patreon. Please support us. Patreon.com forward slash Scary Savannah. You Eventually. can support us for as little as $3 a month. But if you do a higher tier, there's merchandise like shirts, uh, coffee mugs, and things of that nature. Stickers. You know, some cool stuff. And eventually, we'll probably have exclusive content on Patreon. Yeah. We'll have some cool video content. And I might go ahead and get my guitar put a band back together (laughs) and we'll have a special band performance on those episodes and it'll be totally dedicated to scary savannah okay you're over committing here i didn't say i was (laughs) i said i might i've learned the difference between saying i'm going to do something and saying i might do something which is what i should say because then i don't have to do anything you know that's how it works so i guess that just leaves the one last thing then Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on.